Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Day four of the Boxing Day test is upon us at the MCG getting underway in the not-too-distant future, under two hours' time, play scheduled to commence. And hopefully, I'm reluctant, Bryce, to say this, given my form with the weather and trying to predict what's unfolding. But at the moment, as it stands, looking out the window of South Melbourne, it looks pretty good. Yes. Pretty good. Let's go to Simon Cadditch, though, who's at the MCG and can give a far greater description than what I've been able to produce. He's part of the SEN Cricket Commentary team. Morning to you, Simon. Good morning, guys. How's the weather looking at the MCG? Is it uh, all clear? We're going to get underway on time this morning? Well, the forecast I've seen says so. I mean, it's cloudy here at the moment and uh, there's a few little bits of blue peeping through the clouds. But, uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, we get a full day's play in and... Australia can get the right result. Cato, that was the forecast yesterday. We had Mizzle that <laughs> delayed the start. This is Melbourne. You know how it works. Um, who, who do you reckon won the day yesterday? It's pretty uh, scintillating test cricket. Oh, I think Australia in the end, but at one stage there, it was very, very even. And, and at one stage, Pakistan probably had the upper hand at four for 16. Uh, I think, you know, I thought the way they fought with the bat early on was. Outstanding. I thought Rizwan uh, played it beautifully, the situation. He, he was busy for a lot of twos and played it, uh, you know, accordingly, batting with the tail. And then Jamal helped him out nicely. Whilst he didn't look, uh, yeah, he looked a bit awkward at times playing the short ball, he did exactly what was required. And it took a very good piece of captaincy from, from Pat Cummins to get rid of Rizwan. They got rid of the slip, put another cover out. He tossed one out wide and Rizwan fell for the trap, spooning it to, to David Warner at short cover. So... You know, Pat Cummins was outstanding again. I think yep. he got his 10th five for Australia, um, led the charge. And then, you know, Australia to have a 54-run lead, I thought, you know, that was pretty good from Pakistan because at one stage there it looked like Australia might lead by about 100 or so. So, you know, that made it even. And then, you know, the little spell before lunch from Shaheen Sharafridi looked like it cracked the door open for Pakistan. And then they burst through the door after the delayed start and... Um, Got another two after the break. And Mir Hamza did a good job with the new ball. I thought his ball to Travis Head was perfect planning. Big in-swinger on a full length, uh, straight through the bat and pad. And, um, yeah, castled him. So at four for 16, you'd say that Pakistan had the momentum. And then they lost it as soon as that moment happened when Mitch Marsh was on 20 and presented the chance to Abdullah Shafiq. A pretty comfortable catch off Jamal. And... He shelled another one, and, and that just looked like it deflated the Pakistanis. And that I think they got probably sucked in a little bit um, by that dropped catch because then they kept feeding Mitch Marsh 
a bit too much width throughout the rest of the afternoon, and he just pounced. He's he's playing a different game to what we've seen in the past, and it's it's purely mindset. I don't think he's changed his technique at all. He's still the same Mitch Marsh, but it's his mind that's different now. He's he's going to go out there all guns blazing, regardless of the situation. And it took a lot of courage yesterday, and I thought he did it beautifully and was supported beautifully by Steve Smith, who. Got his second slowest 50 for Australia of 153 balls, nearly eclipsing the 154, I think, in Lahore 2023. Uh, yeah, so, or 2022. So, yeah, in terms of the day, it just kept seesawing. And yeah. I think in the end, um, Pakistan will be happy with their work, but that dropped catch, you know, has pretty much given Australia, I think, a, a pretty dominant position, given that it is a new ball wicket and the, the new ball later today, whenever Australia take it, will be hard work for the Pakistan top order. No doubt about that. It was interesting to see Steve Smith swimming between the flags. They were very, very narrow flags. He was just not prepared to take the risk, and uh, he did all that hard work, and that was the disheartening part, I suppose, in the end, getting a, a rearing ball that he just fended away to the gully. Um, pretty deflating for Steve Smith. How would he feel at the end of the day after doing all that hard work? Look, I think he'll be disappointed because he'd done all the hard work. And then I thought it was a really good plan from Pakistan to throw one more roll of the dice late in the day and go down that path because the Kiwis have done it before. And sometimes you can just easily let that last over or so drift, and, and they didn't. And to their credit, they got a big wicket late, which, you know, that momentum they take in last night and they come out and take a couple early this morning. If Australia only get 260 in front and then the tail fall over for another 20 runs, then Pakistan will feel like they're well and truly in it because Indeed. they were one for 120 looking comfortable the other day. And we've seen if the sun comes out here, it's a different ball game. It's, it's hard against the new ball. But once it gets sort of 25 overs old, batting is still, you know, you can still score runs out there. And they've got class in their top four. So a lot depends on this first half an hour this morning. But... Steve Smith, he just looks like he's out of rhythm with, with his feet and hands. And I mean, he's always had a, an unusual technique. But, yeah, that rhythm's just not there at the moment. But I think the team will be really, really happy with what he did yesterday because if he gets less than 10 yesterday, Australia are in serious trouble. But that partnership that he had with Mitch Marsh was instrumental because he just went about his business. And when there's no wickets falling, it allows Mitch Marsh to keep playing aggressively, which he did. And they complemented each other beautifully. Yeah, good shout. Um, just one off our 40 Winks temper text uh, from David said, how costly will be the 52 extras conceded by Pakistan in Australia's first innings in a low-scoring test match? Yeah, very much so. I mean, we talked about it on day one. They just And it was a bit like day one in, um, in Perth as well. The problem they had is that a few of their bowlers, and obviously got a little bit of experience with young Jamal's only playing second test, but it's probably Shaheen Sharafridi that was the one, and, and he bowled a number of balls that went wide down leg side that you know Rizwan couldn't get to, and he's a very good keeper, so took a great catch to get rid of Alex Carey in the first innings. So, yeah, it was it was hard to watch at times because that's far too many runs, and, and when we see a close test like this, and it could be very close. You know, those 52 are, are crucial and, and we're seeing even more in the second innings. So it's given Australia a good advantage, that uh, that tally. Simon Cadditch joining us on a Summer Breakfast this morning, live from the MCG ahead of day four coming our way on SEN a little later on this morning. Simon, can you take us into what the mindset might be of Mitch Marsh, considering the opportunity that he had and how well he was going to be dismissed 
for 96, missing out on a Boxing Day ton. How's that going to linger in his mind going forward? Oh, look, he looked shattered. He, he threw his head back walking off, and you could tell, you know, he was bitterly disappointed with himself. I mean, he'd played beautifully. Yes, he had a bit of luck on 20, and that happens in cricket, but he made the most of that reprieve. And I think it's just, as I mentioned uh, slightly earlier, the, the mindset that he's got now is about taking the game on and imposing himself. And, and he, you can just see it in his body language. He is walking at the bowlers. He is commanding himself. Like, he's just got this huge presence that he gets on the front foot and just smashes it through mid-off or cover. Then as soon as they drop short, he's pouncing on the short ball, either cutting or pulling. And the spinners can't bowl to him. That's why they kept Salmon away from him yesterday because he, he destroyed him in Perth. So it, it's, it's just been great to watch and see him flourish in this second, well, probably fifth coming, I should say, because he's been injured that many times. But in terms of the way he's going about it, the only thing that cost him was he got a little bit indecisive with his footwork, got caught on the crease, and that's what brought about the uh, the outside edge. For most of his innings, he'd been really quick with his footwork and, and getting forward as much as possible. And unfortunately, he just had that moment where he got a little bit indecisive and it, he paid the price. Simon, you're definitely the person to ask about the 90s. I remember back in 2010, <laughs> there was a long run for you there in the 90s for Australia and you, you broke through in Hobart. So uh, is that... Is it something that hangs around within you? Is it is it generally a thing, the nervous 90s? Bryce, I'm going to have to go on the brown leather couch this afternoon <laughs> now, mate. You, you've just brought up, you've opened up old wounds. And look, they never leave you. Even to this day, I'll get reminded by my wife and my sons. And, and really? The, oh, yeah, mate. It always comes up. So, and when you look through... Um, or you get told about, you go to a function, you get told what your stats were or whatever, and they say, oh, 10 test hundreds, or I think it was. And I think, oh, what about all those? Oh, there was about five or six 90s in the, in the 50s. It's like, oh, I butchered that many. It could have been 15 or 16. But uh, you don't forget about it because you've done all the hard work. And I mean, the bottom line is, as long as Australia win the test match, Mitch Marsh will be comfortable with the fact that he's played two very, very important knocks in these first two test matches in, in Perth, he was excellent. And then here yesterday when the, the huge pressure was on and Australia were in a fair bit of trouble, he's delivered. So, yeah, disappointing, didn't get the three figures. And Boxing Day is obviously, you know, uh, or Boxing Day test is a fantastic, um, you know, achievement to get 100 here. But um, the fact is, you know, if he ends up being man of the match and takes a few wickets today and they win the test, he'll be happy with that. One milestone that's kind of been overlooked from yesterday was Pat Cummins taking five for 48. His 10th five-wicket haul. And he was the one, as we alluded to on day two, or in our wrap-up of day two, he was the one that shifted the momentum for the Aussie attack. And he went on to, to claim five wickets yesterday. Another important captain's five-wicket haul, I suppose you could call it. Oh, it was. And it's just shown how good this dynamic is when you've got a bowling captain and you, the bowling captain has the class and ability of Pat Cummins because we've seen it over a number of times in the last couple of years since he's taken over in the fact that, you know, when Australia need a wicket as a bowling captain, he can just go to himself and know that he's the main man. And he, and he does it time and time again. I was fortunate to see it in Pakistan when Australia needed a wicket on a flat Lahore wicket to win that series 1-0 and Pat Cummins did the job. 
when no one else could make the ball do anything. Mm. And then the other day at the MCG, Pakistan were rollicking along. I mean, it's easy to forget. They were one for 124 be- before he took that screamer off. Shafiq, caught and bowled, had like 0.62 of a second to catch it, down low, snares it. Then he knocks over Bubba's arm, who is all over like a cheap suit at the moment. And then in terms of yesterday, I mean, Rizwan looked comfortable and so did Jamal. So that was a pretty big wicket because... If Pakistan had whittled that lead down to not many at all, then Australia would have been under serious pressure, and we saw what happened. It it was game on with the early wickets. So, I mean, he's been magnificent, and he, he's, he will go down as one of our all-time greats. I mean, yesterday I heard a couple of the guys, former players, talking about him being ranked number three already, even though he's probably about ninth or tenth on the on the wicket-takers list. So he, they, they think he's just behind McGrath and Lilly at the moment at number three in terms of his class. So that's saying something given the quality that's in that top ten wicket-takers list, you know, includes Gillespie and Lee and all these sorts of guys that have been, um, you know, fantastic bowlers before him. I was impressed not, not only with what he was doing in terms of bowling, but when it didn't work out and Mitch Stark didn't, really nailed the spell. He, he just brought himself straight back in where generally it could be a longer break, but he, he wasn't prepared to just sit back and wait. He goes, I'm the guy again. Um, there's, there's been a, a number of those sort of instances throughout his career. Is that the benefit of having that, um, I guess a bowling captain that understands oh, I can go again now where maybe a batter might go, Oh, they need their rotation. They need their freshness. Do you think that is an advantage of having that? I think it's a huge advantage, and that's what I was sort of alluding to before. That whole dynamic, we don't see it that often because rarely have we had bowling captains, but the beauty of, of Pat Cummins is he knows, because he's got that belief within in himself, he knows how good he is. So when he senses, and I think this is one of his great strengths, not only as a captain, but also as a cricketer and a bowler, is that he senses when that moment is there and the team needs it, and he delivers time and time again. Uh, he's sensing that, you know, Bubba's arm's the big wicket in the opposition. He's done that. He's done it to Virat Kohli or Joe Root or whoever that is. And because he's in such a tight zone, you know, that length that hits, it's around the six-metre mark that he hit the top of Bubba's arm's um, off stump the other day. He knows he can hit that, that spot for fun, and he does it time and time again with the seam that comes back in, the seam that goes away, and he's got such good control and pace that... I'd hate to be facing him, and that's whether you're a left-hander or a right-hander. I don't think it matters. He's that good that he poses problems for all batsmen. The stage is set for a brilliant day four ahead at the MCG Australia. Six for 187 with a lead of 241. Simon, as we let you go this morning, we had this come through off our text as well from uh, Ronnie asking, are you at the ground so early because of the lift situation yesterday with the third <laughs> umpire? And did you take the stairs just to avoid getting stuck in that lift? I haven't been stuck in that lift, but some of our seven crew did yesterday. So <laughs> I think they're going to be copying a few jibes throughout the day because uh, they were in there with uh, Richard Illingworth. So... Uh, yeah, we had no idea what was going on up here in the in the radio box, but uh, I think TV were well aware because a lot of the seven crew were in there and they were quickly uh, phoning to let them know that that's the reason why because Richard Lingworth's not allowed to have a phone on him during the game. It was a, it was a disastrous seven minutes, but it, luckily, and the the fact that he got there with not a great deal of urgency either that was the other <laughs> thing that surprised me. Uh, Simon, enjoy day four. Appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning to set things up. My pleasure, guys.